We ready to start? Okay. Anything yeah. you need from me? How do I sound? Oh, you sound, you sound great. Yeah. yeah, you sound great. We're and you're good. not unshaven since we can't see you. <laughs> I'm clearly shaven. I'm wearing a suit right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's all theater of the mind. We're good to yes. go. So, so yeah, if y'all are ready, I'll uh, count you in in three, two, one. And Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. And our tech magician, John Posey. You can go to our website, phenomena111.com, to find out about our nonfiction books, including the most recent one, Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities. And you can visit our blog at blog.synchrosecrets, where we make regular posts. Mike Cleland is our guest today. He's the author of The Messengers, a book that explores Mysterious Connections Between Owls, Synchronicities, and UFO Abductions. It was his first-hand experiences with these elusive events that have been the foundation of his research. This book is also a personal memoir and a journey of self-discovery. But it also has dozens of stories from other people who have had strange and startling experiences with owls. Sometimes these owls might not even be owls, especially the ones that are four feet tall. But we'll get into that in a little while. So uh, Mike is also the author of a companion book called Stories from the Messengers, Accounts of Owls, UFOs, and a Deeper Reality. Mike is also a guide for ultralight wilderness back capping, which from my experience only works when you don't have to carry your water. <laughs> Mike lives in the Rockies, has lived in the Rockies for 25 years and now resides in the Adirondacks. Welcome, Mike. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be here. And if we get interrupted, Mike, by our dog, Nigel, you'll know because his tail will hit the <laughs> side of the, of the table here. So, Okay. So uh, you, you started your blog, Hidden Experience, almost simultaneously when we uh, began Synchro Secrets. Uh, I think it was like within weeks or uh, very close. Uh, and um, we've heard a lot of synchronicity stories as a result of the blog. And I'm sure you've heard quite a few all stories uh, from, uh, from yours uh, from Hidden Secrets. Uh, so did you begin your blog with the intent of uh, telling the story of your encounter with those three owls? No, I, I, I began the blog most specifically to talk about my synchronicities. I, was, I, ah. I feel like I'm sort of a synchronicity-prone person. and and Like us. Um, <laughs> yes, it's so interesting. So when you said that there's... <laughs> yeah, I think you're the only people on the planet who have more books with synchronicity in the title than I do. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, and, you know, so I have had a lot of them and they make for really nice blog posts, right? They're kind of short and you can kind of sum them up and you get a little punchline at the end. So I had no idea that I would go down that road. In fact, the, the event of me actually talking about my own UFO contact experiences involved a powerful synchronicity on the blog where I was, where I was, I actually had a, written up a missing time event. And it was all written up. This is in the first few weeks of the blog, which that it I was remember in, reading that. Yeah. So there was a missing mm -hmm. time event. It was it was um, but the blog started in March of 2000. Excuse me. March of 2009. Mm -hmm. and, oh, it started uh, February 2009. Yeah, right. Oh, so you beat me to it. So yeah. I'm writing your coattails. <laughs> what was it? It was on February 4th. What was your first March 4th? March 4th. Oh, really? Yeah. So. Very strange. It's you know here's a so there's another guy who started his blog 
the same day as me. And, and we, when, and I eventually met him and contacted him and he, and we sort of did a little checklist of all the things that we have in common. And it is remarkable. So he started his blog and he said what could be seen as UFO contact experiences also. And, um, He's got a Scottish last name. Oh, you've got a Scottish last name too. Yeah, right. McGregor. Well, that's how interesting. So, yeah, but this was the same day. So his name is um, uh, his same first name as mine is is uh, Michael McClelland. Uh huh. Well, oh, that you're kidding. That is really weird. Why? Well, he's talking about this guy who started the right. same. Yeah. Oh, excuse yeah. me, McDonald. McDonald. It's Michael McDonald. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry, I just as soon as that came out of my mouth, he was. I was like, wait a minute, that's not <laughs> Michael McDonald. Yes, and his blog is still up there, but he hasn't been posting on it much. But um, and uh, anyway, the checklist that we put together of what we had in common was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Hmm. So, but anyway, so I had I was going to post a a um story, and and I was so nervous about posting this story because it implied, you know, the the story was I was walking home from a high school football game. Uh, with a friend and we were right in front of a house in the neighborhood. And this was the house where this childhood friend of mine, Cindy lived in. And as we were walking past Cindy's house, there was a bright orange flash in the sky. And both me and my friend did the little thing. We're like, you know, what just happened? What just Mm -hmm. happened? And it wasn't like we didn't see a ship or anything or no flying saucer. It felt like God was a summer, excuse me, an autumn night in Michigan. So very calm Mm. night. And it felt like God flipped a light switch and just, turned the whole entire sky orange, bright orange, oh, and oh, clicked, wow. turned it back again. Um, and then, but, and then it, I got home two hours late. Oh, and my oh. angry at me. Yeah. So as I, so I had actually a, a, an image from Google maps of Cindy's house and I put an X on the sidewalk using Photoshop. And that's so why hmm. I had a blog post all written up with the pictures and it, it had been a diary entry kind of thing. I had written it up and I, Boy, it and you could just you can just tell like I didn't want to go there. Like I did not want to <laughs> go where that implied. But I was like, I gotta post this, I gotta post this. So I had it all ready to post. And it was middle of March, and I'm sitting alone at my house. It was probably about nine thirty at night or something like that. And I'm ready to post it. And you know what that means. Like you've got the thing, you've got the document, it's pasted in place, right. the picture's okay. all there. And all you gotta do is hit the little button that says, you know post online published. Yeah. published yeah i just was like my yeah. finger was hanging over that key and i just I, I couldn't do it and i i literally said aloud i'm not brave enough i can't do this <laughs> uh, and then there was an audible ping on my and i said oh i got an email i can i can i can ignore, distract myself <laughs> distract myself for a minute so the email was cindy wants to be your friend on facebook uh. and it was cindy from the house with a picture uh, no, that's I hadn't talked to Cindy, and I think I got to do the math. I'll do, I'll, in 38 years. Wow. Oh my God. That was the <laughs> second. Sick, my that's... finger was hanging over the little button to publish the thing when I said, I am not brave enough. Ping. Two emails came in at the wow. same time Cindy's and one from Whitley Streber. And he said, Hey, I'm following your blog. Oh, <laughs> so you hit the you hit the button. Yeah, that was. So the the story of the 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 story of the synchronicity is to me more interesting than the story of the missing time. Yeah, yeah, that is fascinating. But you definitely got your confirmation. <laughs> and I treat it as confirmation. Yeah, I've, mm-hmm. I've sort of I've come to trust synchronicity. Um, Absolutely. As right. a as a decision making process. Yeah. It can be a warning, or you're t- or saying sometimes you're in the right track. Sometimes it's a trickster path. too. Yeah. yeah, sometimes you can get a little gobbledygook stuff going. Yeah, that sends you down the false false path and such. So, yeah. Um, in your in messengers and stories from messengers, okay, it's filled with stories. How many stories have you gathered over the years, and how important was your blog in attracting those stories? The the blog was absolutely vital. Yeah. It's very early on. I put a little thing on the sidebar that that I said, I want to hear your owl stories. Whenever I do an interview, mm-hmm. I'll say like, hey, if you've got an interesting owl story, I want to hear it. And now, even back like eight years ago or so, if you had gone on and typed in UFO owl, UFOs, owls, if you typed those into Google, I was the very first thing that came up. Uh-huh. And then it was about the next thing after that. So if anyone, you know, someone in Finland had a UFO and owl story, right. they're <laughs> going to find me. I'm two clicks away from 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 them sending me an email. So uh, 
the number I can't I can't even begin to guess. Like you know what happens is, and you probably know this too, is some of them are kind of like, oh my god, I I saw this really pretty owl right. in the backyard, and it was such a nice owl, and it sat on the fence, and both me and my husband looked at it, and it was. And that's like, well, okay, thank you for that really nice story. <laughs> that's not what I'm looking for. You know? So, yeah, right. I mean, I get a lot of those, which is fine. And everyone, even owls are really remarkable animals. They've got this 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 uh, power to them. So even people who, I mean, you see an owl in the backyard, it's got an eerie presence to it. Yeah. It so I have a uh, question for you. With okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Oh no, but you asked how many. Okay. I can't even begin to answer that. Mm-hmm. I would be in the thousands, certainly. Well, you know, I, we had an interesting. Now, I'm not talking about an owl we saw on a fence, but we did see an owl on a fence, but it was a burrowing owl. And at the time, my mother was in an Alzheimer's unit. My dad, who had Parkinson's, was living with us. And the burrowing owl came out in the middle of the day, landed on the fence outside his room. And I thought, it's only got one leg. So Megan and I ran outside to take a closer look at it. And at first I thought its leg was tucked up under its body, but it was actually missing part of its leg from like the joint down. And it was the left leg. And I thought, oh my God, this this has got to be a sign that like my mother's going to pass or because it was right outside my dad's room. I thought maybe he's about to die. And the next morning I get a call from the Alzheimer's unit saying that my mother has broken her left hip, the owl's left leg. Okay, so I run over there to the hospital and find out that it, it's not just that her she had broken her hip, her hip had disintegrated. And they couldn't do anything for her because she had Alzheimer's, so her hip replacement was out of the question. But ever since that owl experience, I have wondered about that because it mimicked what was what her ailment was. You know, now now I'm wondering if it was an alien. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I you know, I don't think I think they're real owls, certainly. Yeah, should. no, I do yeah. too. So the way I frame this whole thing is, go ahead. oh, the way I frame this whole thing is like, you know, that's not a UFO story, but that is that is the absolute flavor of the owl story. So, yes, right. So I'm not, you know, I'm I've gone way beyond just collecting stories about owls and UFOs. I mean, owls and death, owls and synchronicities. Mm-hmm. People meditating will often see mm-hmm. yeah. owls. Um, people taking mushrooms will see owls. Yeah. Um, uh, people on shamanic, like a shamanic apprenticeship or through, will will see owls. Um, through an initiation, people going through through like an initiation, well, like a shamanic initiation, we'll see mm-hmm. owls. So, um, there's a few other in the list. Oh, and death. People once yeah, people with death, asked. it's very. Yeah, we have uh, one of those too. Uh, you know, now remember in the Amazon, Rob and I used to lead trips through on the Peruvian the the Peruvian Amazon, and we'd stop periodically at, at you know local villages, and they'd want to trade for jewelry or, or cigarettes or something, and on one of these. In one of these villages, they had an owl, and I said, I want to trade whatever it was I had for your owl. <laughs> and so they gave us the owl. And this <laughs> is it owl, alive? Or? Yes, yeah. it was alive. It was beautiful. And I mean, it just, was just a... He just came on the boat with us. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a, it was an old rubber boat that was converted to like a, a, a 15, 14-passenger cruise ship, you know, uh, it's kind of a rural thing, yeah. sort of thing, into the upper Amazon, which is the most <laughs> Im- important, most interesting part of the Amazon because it's in the jungle right. rather than out. And, and so they had this owl, and they gave it to us, and we put it on the ship, and, you know, it rode with us to the camp where this guy had, you know, an actual civilized area with bathrooms and showers and places where you could sleep. And to my knowledge, you know, he just kept yeah. it there as a, you yeah. know, as part of, Part of the animal herd. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when Trish mentioned this story about the the burrowing owl, we lived on a lake in uh, Boynton Beach, Florida, and we had uh, burrowing owl family in our backyard, which was really cool because I, when I mowed the lawn, I had to be very careful about you know uh, going right over their uh, right over their burrow and their nest, and they're you know I'm I'm surprised they still exist because there are so many. Uh, enemies that they have snakes, yeah. uh, rats, uh, you but know, mostly come, people. <laughs> yeah, but and people, you know, their nests. But uh, yeah, so so Mike, what I want to get into is about the uh, symbols. You you mentioned a couple, but uh, <clears throat> what uh, what kind of you you mentioned four? I noticed in your book uh, that they could be a, like an alarm clock or an archetype, an initiation, a transformation. Uh, does any one of those stand out to you personally? 
Well, the, um, I, in fact, it was really funny because Richard Dolan published the book and, and he kept on saying, you know, so what is the owl? What is it? What does it all mean? What do these owls mean? And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm as lost as anyone. How do I know what they mean? And he, <laughs> yeah. You could, you could just hear him on the other end of the phone. Like, uh, that's not going to fly. Let me <laughs> answer that question. So I, so I answered it, but every time, every thing I, time I answered it, like it could be an alarm clock, but you know, there's some wiggle room there. So like, I'm at the point now where I see the owls as an alarm clock. Like it is here to wake you up. People have these experiences mm. with, with owls. That's like a, it's like a wake up call. Mm. So that's, a, I get a lot of people who said, you know, I had this owl experience and this kind of time in my life. And it, it's kind of, so, and there was, I had a spiritual awakening and that I get a lot. Um. So there's this, the owl thing is kind of in, intertwined with this spiritual awakening. Mm. Um, and then if you treat, which uh, John Mack did an amazing book where he compared and contrasted the UFO contact experience to the shamanic initiation. You know, mm -hmm. shamanic initiation is rough, right? That's not like a gentle initiation. Like there, yeah. it's traumatic. It's meant to be traumatic. You know, they, uh -huh. they, they, um, like you, whatever. In some cultures you would, you would, um, you know, the, the villagers would take you to the cave. You know, you don't get to choose to be the, the shaman, the village chooses who's going to be the mm -hmm. next shaman. You don't, you and don't volunteer often, for that. And they're often not happy campers either, uh, have issues. Yeah, they're, you know, oftentimes mental health issues. And, yeah. and mm -hmm. so, um, and, and so if you look at the UFO contact experience as a form of initiation and, and Dr. Mack was very clear that he was looking at it in the form of a, uh, shamanic initiation. That was the model mm -hmm. he was comparing it to. And that book had a huge impact on me. So I've, mm -hmm. I was, I was like, whatever front loaded to, to look at this whole thing with, with that in mind after his, after reading his book. So, yeah, so I see the owls as a, as a kind of totem of mm -hmm. the contact experience. Uh, and you know, what I often say is like, there comes a point when you're doing UFO research, right? So you have a UFO researcher that works for MUFON, right? He's got a little clipboard. He goes to your house. He answers, you got a little checklist of questions. And the questions are like, what time was your sighting? You know, what direction uh -huh. was it mm -hmm. traveling? Can you draw a picture of the sighting? You know, <laughs> the burn mark in the yard, you go with a tape measure and measure the burn mark in the yard and stuff. So it's very pragmatic stuff. But I'm not really interested in all that. What I'm interested in, you know, I say I have to take my UFO investigator hat off mm -hmm. and I have to put my shaman hat on. I ask questions right. like, what was going on in your life leading up to exactly. this yeah. uh, sighting? What, what changed in your life after this experience? Mm -hmm. You know, um, what, you know, where is your life path changed? What do you have more psychic skills? That's actually interesting. <clears throat> Even on a very dry, that dry checklist that, that, uh, MUFON has. It's right on the checklist. You know, like you go to report a UFO, they'll ask you, have you had an increase in psychic abilities? Mm -hmm. I can't remember how it's worded, but it's yeah. it's right there. So like the driest, most pragmatic organization is very aware that people have an uptick in their right. psychic abilities after a contact event. Yeah, so it's not all nuts and bolts as it used to be uh, in the earlier uh, ufology where, you know, people, a certain group of people were very concerned about UFOs being interplanetary crafts right. and they didn't go for the uh, what Jim Mosley used to call the three and a half D, the three and a half <laughs> dimension uh, version of uh, interdimensional realities. Uh, so, but that seems to be more integrated now you're saying. I'm saying that from my direct experience, it's more integrated and from the wealth of letters that I'm getting, like the people mm -hmm. who send me owl stories, they're not talking about burn marks in the yard and yeah. Sure. yeah, they're talking about these right. trippy. So here, I can give you a mm -hmm. quick story that that I love. I got this one pretty recently, and this is kind of sums up. There's no UFOs in this actually, but this this sums up the uh, the strangeness of this. So this guy is um, he has a his family has an orchard, and it's butted into some uh, against a forest in this rural part of of uh, New England. So he's he goes out to the edge of the f orchard and meditates. So he's meditating about, um, uh, so he's meditating. And then as he's meditating, like his eyes are closed, he's meditating. There's this horrible screeching noise in the forest hmm. and it scares him. It's like, it's like, it's like spine chilling kind of noise. And he, he gets up and every fiber of his being says, don't go in the forest. Don't you go in the forest? <laughs> he says, no, I have to face this. I have to figure out what this horrible noise is. So he goes in the forest and this owl 
flies and lands on a branch right in front of him and stares him right in the eye and squawks at him in that horrible screech and looks him right oh, in the eye. And he gets this sense like, like this owl's mad at me. This owl's like chewing me out. Like it's, it's, it's yelling at me. It's, it's pointing its anger at me or its mm-hmm. emotions at me. And then the owl flies off and he goes back to his wife and kids and, and he says, oh, I got this most, this incredibly mystical experience. I was like, you know, explains the whole story and with the owl and everything. And the lady's like, oh, that's nice. Can to go set the table for dinner? And <laughs> he's like, but you don't understand. So he's like, I got to get a picture. So he gets his camera or his phone, I guess. He goes back in the orchard and back in the woods and he talks aloud and he says, okay, owl, my family doesn't believe me. I need a picture of you. <laughs> the owl flies in. He gets a picture of the owl and Jeez. takes it back and shows it to his family. And then I, the question I wanted to ask is like, what were you meditating on? What was your, what was your uh-huh. intention? What were you meditating on? He said, I was meditating on if there was a God. Oh, that is interesting. Isn't that like it? And then he also, I want to be careful because he did what I share here, but he also, um, he had been, he had been dealing with sh- some shamanic <laughs> stuff in his life and he was, he was having a, he was wrestling with it. It sounded like it didn't go as well as he wanted to. He, it uh-huh. was kind of like, I, I don't want to put words in to his mouth here, but it didn't, it wasn't a positive experience for him trying to follow the shamanic path. So he was kind of asking, is there a God in this? I'll choose him out. Like, how dare you ask that question? Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You know, you mentioned uh, John Mack, and you're going to love this. In early 2021, Ralph Blumenthal wrote a book called The Believer, and it's the biography about Mack. And it is phenomenal. Oh, you've read it? Uh, well, I got a PDF because we have the same agent. And, you know, my agent knew we'd written about aliens and, you know, synchronicity, et cetera. So, yeah, I got to, it's, it's just, it's really incredible. It, it really answers a lot of questions. Have you come across anything about owls? Not yet. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, I, I did a, so, so um, I know the fellow who works at the John Mack archives, mm-hmm. super interesting guy. And he has had his own experiences, but what he did is he listened to every hypnosis session that John Mack did and transcribed them and put them in order. And he he came out with this kind of, like he said it was so magical almost because one person would sort of start a story about like, you know, what the global earth changes are going to be. And then he would go to the next one. And then that person would sort of finish the story of what the global Mm. earth changes so so taken in its totality he he came away with this i want to be very careful what i say it was like a dark like like he does he's not too optimistic about our future but um so but that <laughs> was good from, reason considering what we've got going on yeah like the, the worst yeah we're going to get in a bad mood you know open the newspaper um but uh but, um, but so, and I asked him because he has the archives. I said, can you, he just did a word search for owls and oh my God, so much stuff came up and he, so he gave me a lot of information. So John hmm. Mack was very aware of, of not only the owl as a screen memory, but actually the owl as like, um, with its mythic symbolism and such mm-hmm. like that and showing up in these people's lives as well as like mythic symbolism. He used the term reified metaphor mm-hmm. where like, then that's a kind of a, you know, $10 word, but, um, the, you know, reified means to make something real and metaphor, uh-huh. so to make a metaphor real. So people are having these experiences where animals show up in a way that sounds more like you're listening to a fairy tale or a myth mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. real life. And, yeah, and Blumenthal in the, in, the, in the bio goes into Max stuff about folklore and, you know, mysticism and fairy tales. Oh, I'm so I actually sent uh, Ralph Blumenthal a letter because he did a Vanity Fair article probably in 2011 or 12, uh-huh. and I read it. I and I didn't realize it was the like I, it was kind of early in the era of Google and everything like that. So I didn't really do a, but I've since realized that oh, that was the guy that was doing the 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 New York Times stuff. So, mm-hmm. but he but that was a very even keeled, excellent article, and so I'm mm. assuming that 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 Vanity Fair article was in a way the the foundation. Yeah, I think that was. Or, well, or, he said. Or, I asked him. I said, "Why did you choose Mac? Did you did you know him? You know what was it about him?" And he said he read um, Mac's Passport to the Cosmos, and that really affected him. And so he's st- in 2004. And he said, "So I was going to get in touch with him, and then Mac got killed." So he said, in one form or another, he's been working on this book for 16 years. Oh, and that was the book that I said that had a very huge. Yeah, impact. that's a great book. Passport to the Cosmos, amazing book. 
Well, Mike, here's a uh, synchronicity about synchronicity, actually, <laughs> that uh, ties into owls in a roundabout way. So a few years ago, we were contacted by a documentary uh, film director named uh, Katie Walker, and she was putting together a uh, documentary film on synchronicity uh, and it came out a, a couple of years ago, maybe a little longer, called Time is Art. And uh, so she contacted us, she wanted to interview us, and uh, we got talking and somehow UFOs came up and she, she suddenly came alert. You know, we hadn't, there hadn't been anything about UFOs, but then she started talking about this story. When she was 19 years old, she was in a German, German, small German village uh, with a boyfriend who, who is German. And they, they were eating dinner at an outdoor restaurant, and they heard this noise, strange noise coming from the forest. And it was just very eerie. Uh, and so they, they started walking back, and the boyfriend just turns and says, I'm going to go see what that is. So he walks off into the woods and disappears. She goes back into the house, and the boyfriend doesn't come back. And then suddenly uh, she's getting worried and frightened, and there are four-foot owls standing at the front window of this cabin where they're staying, staring in at her. God. And uh, so, you know, this it, this whole story, you know, ties ties in with uh, you know just what uh, you're you're talking about. And we had this uh, in in one of, this story in one of her books, uh, or one of our books, and it uh, it just. The boyfriend just never came back that night at all. And when he did come back, he wouldn't talk about it. He wouldn't say a word about it. So it's just, you know. Uh, it's it's one of those emblematic stories. Right, just, of, yeah. you know, beyond strange. Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, I, that was in uh, Synchronicity Highway. I, 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 yeah, that's right. I footnoted that. So you were, you are footnoted in my book, in, in The Messengers, okay. right. that exact story. Um, <laughs> and, uh, um, and Katie Walker also when she was working on the documentary time is arts, this is a documentary on, uh, synchronicity. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're shooting videotape of the, of the, um, murals. So it's about art. It's about creativity. It's a beautiful yeah, San, documentary. It's right. got a murals got in a, San Francisco, right? Yeah. In the mission district yeah. of San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. So, and these murals are trippy and there's got, you know, so one of the murals is, um, and they even have, when you watch the, the movie, there's a little close-up of an owl on this thing. So they're kind of panning across. It's done really artistically, and it's a beautifully produced piece of filmmaking. And so there, so in this couple of murals, there's owls. One wall is just this big <coughs> wall of owls. And another one is, uh, it has a white owl, and it has a gray alien, has a flying hmm. saucer, and then it has shamans doing a dance, like a, a ceremonial oh, dance, not shamans. Yeah. And so they, they're videotaping this. They set the camera down. And in that moment, they didn't realize they left the camera on. When they get back to the editing, there's this, this weird kind of boxy, rectangular craft descending from the sky. And it just it's all of about right. a second yeah. and a half. And it mm. goes behind a tree. And it is like high definition, state-of-the-art videotape. It's just this short little clip. And right. so that's it. That's Owls. Yeah, synchronicity. It's a documentary on synchronicity and UFOs. Yeah, you finish my you finish my story because that was the rest of it. <laughs> so we're, yeah. we're tuned in there. <laughs> I use that in my in my presentations because that's a wonderful thing because the video clip is pretty arresting. Yeah, um, and I have not done any kind of analysis on this video clip or anything like that, so I don't know what to think. Send but it to I, Whitley. He'll, he'll analyze yeah. it. <laughs> it looks like a kind of a little box in the sky, you know. It's, it's kind of yeah, like it's it's or if it's like if it's you're seeing something big and flat from the angle where you're only seeing the side of it, so it's got this kind right. of boxy shape. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like you either have an interest in the stuff or you don't. Like uh, I noticed in your book, Mike, you talk about. Uh, going into a place where they work with owls, healing owls, and there was a, an owl expert there, and you started talking about owls and your experience there, and he virtually thought you were uh, kind of a lunatic. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, I've had, a lot of, I've had a lot of owl experiences, yeah. So I, I uh, you know, so I, and this was, this is the foundation of the, of my research in a way where I would, I went into the woods, I was camping, and I, saw these owls. This is kind of a long story. I'll give you the short, like these, like three owls flew around me and a friend 
uh, twice within four days, two different spots in the mountains. And, and I did not talk about it at the time. I'm talking about it now. When I saw those owls, I had a voice in my head that said, this has something to do with the UFOs. So that hmm. would have been, that would have been in October of 2006, wow. which is now 14 years ago. So in the last 14 years, I have been asking everyone, have you had weird experiences with any odd experiences with owls? And, and that's just asking the question is why right. I'm getting information. But, um, so I went through a period, I was seeing owls all the time, owls in groups of five, owls in groups of three, owls in, you know, mm. multiple nights in groups of three, owls, you know, at very prescient moments. Like I would say something in a conversation and owl would show up. I would uh -huh. see an owl and a person on the other side of the world that is a friend of mine, you know, was, would have been nine o'clock in the evening in, uh, Idaho, where I was living at the time. And I saw an owl. I was like, wow, this is a beautiful owl sighting. And then on the other side of the world in England, a friend of mine basically has a UFO abduction experience at, at four in the morning. Oh, really? So essentially the same exact moment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what does this owl mean? I can't figure it out. It doesn't seem anything. It's just a nice owl sighting. And then I find out later, she tells me, oh, this thing happened at four o'clock in the morning. And I did the time thing. So that was essentially could have been at the same moment. So, hmm. yes, yeah, so I just, I didn't tell them about the UFO stuff, but I just said, oh, I saw the one time I was in the field, I saw four owls or five owls, and then I just had three owls, and then I saw three owls again. And he backed away like I was the crazy uncle at the family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, We've had that experience a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, I mean, but the, at the same time, then you get other people who are totally into it and have oh, exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, Trish will bring it up sometimes and, you know, just thinking that everybody thinks like <laughs> we think, you know, but it's not always the case. But sometimes you're right. Uh, you know, she will be at the dog park and somebody will mention that some relative died and Trish will ask, have you heard anything from the person <laughs> since he died? You know, and, and sometimes they'll she, Sometimes get, they have, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have so many stories, so many stories. In fact, there was a woman, um, her pen name is um, Gypsy Woman, and she had a beautiful owl story, oh, right. which is... Which Janine. Is, yeah. Yeah, which is yeah. absolutely textbook, where she woke up and... She, it happened two mornings in a row. She woke up and sat up upright in bed. I think I've, I think I've got this right. And there was an owl. Like, the way she was focused, there was an owl out the window. She thought it was a balloon, a white balloon in the in, a, in the tree, but it was actually an owl. And then the next morning, at the exact same time, she woke up and sat up in bed, and then the phone rang. I think she sat up first, and the phone rang second. And she answered the phone, and, and um, I think it was her daughter's <laughs> ex-husband had died. She was still you know, very mm -hmm. close with the grandkids and everything like that. So she found out that there was a death in the family. But, I mean, I've had people, like, their father will die at the hospital, and they'll walk out of the hospital, and there will be an owl, like, right standing on the sidewalk as they're leaving the hospital and they will talk to that owl as if it's their father. Mm. That well, may be. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's the, that you don't, yeah. they know it intuitively. They don't, no one has to tell them. Right. Yeah. In fact, I just heard from her yesterday. She's yeah, going to mention that. She's but... living in DC now with her daughter because she's had some health problems, but, um, yeah, we hadn't heard from her, yeah, I hadn't for, heard from her for, for months. From you bring her up and years. she, she uh, just contacted us. She wrote you or? Yeah, she texted yeah. me. Right. Yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> wow, this is, you know, I, there's a whole chapter of her in my second book, Stories from the Messengers. Oh, that, the shorter yeah. chapters, yeah. yeah. And and besides yeah. that owl story, she's had, a, she's had some wildly powerful. You know, yeah, she has. Oh, she has, yeah. Yeah, she she's is, very psychic. She, I mean. We used to get a lot of... Uh, synchronicity blog posts from her <laughs> her stories they were they were good but uh, you're talking about death and owls uh, we had uh one experience in that house in uh, boynton beach uh with the burrowing owls where one day one of the owls appeared uh above our the entrance of our door to the house so there's a little ledge up there and it was just staying up there for hours, and it was never seen it up there. Uh, it late afternoon, it was yeah, right, evening. Late, yeah, late afternoon, and it, and it just stayed there and stayed there, and we couldn't figure it out. And the next day, a friend of ours in uh, New York City, and we heard uh, we'd pretty close to he, that he had died. That's very common. Very common. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's so. a there's a doctor. His name is Doctor Peter Fenwick, and he's a he's a. Uh, brain surgeon from England and he's got all kinds of titles, but he's been researching death and he talks all about this mystical stuff as, you know, birds 
Mm-hmm. Birds and, and owls, of course, but all kinds of birds show up around people's death. I have a story. This actually happened in Florida. I want to be careful because the, the, a reporter contacted me and this reporter said, listen, I was at this uh, memorial service in a city park for, for a, city, a civic leader uh, involved in the, in the gay community and, and in this, in mm-hmm. this city. And um, he died. And then they had a memorial in a city park. And she was like, I can't put this in the newspaper, but I need to tell you. So she sent some pictures and there was a, there was an owl on a lamppost right in the middle. It's going to look like a small hmm. town kind of park. And everyone congregated in the park. This owl landed on a light post in the middle of the park. And then people would basically stand in line and they would go up to the light post, talk to the owl as if it was, I can't wow. remember his name, John. Yeah. And they would just say, John, that's, I'm really sad. You know, it was great knowing you and thanks so mm-hmm. much for showing up here for this. And everyone treated that owl as if it was the, the person who had just died. Wow. That's, well, you know, Mike Perry uh, from the UK, he, he used to have a blog on synchronicity also. I think he still does, but he's had some owl experiences very similar to that. Really? After he lost a friend, you know, it was owls and white feathers for him. Yeah. So, so what I argue in my in the book is that these ancient this ancient folklore about owls, the source is real life experiences. People had real life experiences, mm-hmm. you know, at the dawn of man, I'm saying like, it's like we were still in the cave and we were having these owl experiences that, that would be just like what we've been talking about for the last mm-hmm. 45 minutes or so. The same experiences are showing up today. There was a chapter when we had a little bit, let's I'll call it like a little, we were a little more open to magical thinking. And so with these myths and folklore and these stories just emerged and, and, and they, they're still there, you know, the folklore is still there, mm-hmm. but we're, we're, in, we're, a, we're as Westerners, like we, we don't, we treat mythology and folklore as, as fantasy, as, as, right. like, as, as like myth, calling something a myth is basically saying it's not true. Mm-hmm. That's a myth. It's not true. Mm-hmm. So, but I argue just exactly the opposite. These myths are, are have arisen for a reason. So like presently, like I am, I am absolutely convinced that there's nothing new about these owl stories that people all throughout human history have been having these exact experiences. And that was the source of our ancient mysteries or mythic mythologies. Yeah. It seems to be part of our uh, unconscious mind or uh, collective conscious. Uh, I think that's why uh, the owls pop up in, uh, for people who take psilocybin mushrooms sometimes, uh, owls and UFOs yeah. together. You have I some have a, stories. Yeah, yeah. there's some stories about owls and mushrooms in the book of this. Some of them are, one of them is really powerful. Where, and I, I would also say owls show up with healers, people who are doing healing mm-hmm. work. I've got a lot of people who are doing healing work. And that's one of the questions I ask when I talk to people. Do you do any kind of healing work? Um, there was an owl story. Um, uh, yeah, like people like, sat in a circle in the woods and took mushrooms and they're all in the throes of the psychedelic trip mm-hmm. and an owl landed in the middle of the circle. Oh, jeez! And it was, it wasn't, this wasn't like, Hey party, you know, this was, yeah, they, were right. actually doing yeah. it with a, they were doing it a little more with a spiritual intention. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> so that's normal. <laughs> yeah. That is, I mean, it's normal in my files. It probably doesn't happen. Right, it's yeah. by a small percentage <laughs> of the time it actually happens. But if it does happen, some other people who will find me and, and tell me. So well, and is, is part of that because like what we were talking about with Alexis last week was this dis- disconnect with the, uh, with the natural world. I mean, you know, a lot of people have never even seen the Milky Way because of light pollution. You know, we just don't, we just don't have that connection anymore now that with the modern, most people living in, uh, cities, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's, a disconnect and does, does just our way of life impact how we interpret those myths and stuff? It, it, it's because it really is not a one, one, one to one connection to how we go about our lives yeah. these days. And, you know, and the week before we had Josh Lane, uh, Nature Consciousness, uh, his book. And, you know, he was talking about the disconnect that uh, people have. And uh, his book, Mike, is about meditation in nature, uh, particularly. And uh, one of his stories actually involves an owl 
that uh, he, he didn't talk about it because... Uh, you should have asked him about that. Yeah, but detail. he didn't want to talk about that because he said he's talked about it so many times. Uh, but there's a real good uh, version of his story on uh, Bernard Bateman's uh, podcast that I heard. But, but anyhow, in this story, and it's also in his book, where he finds an owl feather, and he, he's gone through this training, this shamanic training and tracking training, uh, with a, a tracker, and so as a, a tracker, the hunting, especially in you know times past, the the hunters uh, would actually become try to become the creature they're hunting mm -hmm. to uh, as a way of tracking and communing with it, and that's what he did with his owl, uh, with the owl feather, and. It's a, it's a longer longer story, but just the short version of it is that he felt he was becoming that owl, and then he was out in the woods, and this owl comes sweeping <laughs> down, and the wings actually hit his cheek. <laughs> wow, uh, that's a pretty. I, oh my god, I could I could got fifteen different stories I could tell right now. <laughs> uh, but um, yes, so that that I think I have actually read that story because that people okay. send me these stories. So okay, and, yeah. and um, Bernard, I was on Bernard's show, and and. Um, okay. And uh, I like him a lot, and I would love to interview him. I'm doing my own podcast on Whitley's site right, right. now, and he, I should interview him at one point. You should. He, we, we had him on. He's great. Yeah. He's so knowledgeable. Yeah. And, and um, I hear you're going to be on Alexis this week, too. <laughs> I just talked to her. Yeah, I'm going to be talking with her tomorrow, and we just talked for about a, just about a half hour ago. We just talked. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> That's funny. It's a funny little tightly little, yes, tight little yeah, web of friends here. Of crazy here, people, yeah. right? <laughs> Well, it's people you right. can talk to about this stuff, and not, right. not exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So, in, what's happening when you and I tell these stories is we're like trying to finish each other's sentences, and like, yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, you got that story? I got another one. Oh, ooh, yeah. and um, exactly. and that doesn't happen all the time. It doesn't happen at family reunions. Let me put it no, that way. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's when you get the weird looks. Or at Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Tell us about the synchronicity with the number one, two, three, four. You remember that one? Oh, I've got so many. Which which one? Did you <laughs> well, I don't know. You. Uh, in your book, you had talked about how one, two, three, four became really a really important sequence of numbers. For one, you. one of them came in a time frame, twelve thirty-four. And, and my question was, what other numbers have proven synchronous for you? Well, the, so one, two, three, four is 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 when I get one, two, three, four, five. Here, I'll try to tell the story kind of quick because this one's a little complicated. <laughs> um, I was, if to tell it correctly, it just goes on and on and on. But there was a, there was a. Um, movie called Catfish. It came out probably in about 2011 or 12. And it was a sort of a documentary. And afterwards, I kind of found out that the documentary was staged. But it was a really good story. Like, it was a really fun story that these... So the, basically, they were... The filmmakers were kind of pulling the wool over the viewer's eyes. Mm -hmm. But it's a really engaging story. But the story was this young artist in New York City befriends this woman on Facebook. And her name is Megan. And, and it turns out she's not real. She doesn't really exist. And it's like someone else made her up and, and uh -huh. but this really like emotional relationship develops between the two. And he, and so now I, I'm going to be very, very cautious. There was a woman, this is in my third book. There's a woman, Megan, that I had become friends with and we would chat on Facebook sometimes in the evening. And she has had what I'm going to cautiously say. She has had what I would call the UFO contact experience. She is mm -hmm. very, cautious how she phrases her own experiences but and she's also very smart so uh so i was gonna i just was like on the couch I'm, the documentary's ending the credits are rolling and the the uh so i'm gonna say hi to megan on facebook at that moment the the dvd seizes up that's in my <laughs> dvd player. and the time count is one hour, 23 minutes, 45 seconds. And the picture on the screen is this woman's face, this woman with blonde hair. And it says, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it says, Megan, you know, did, does not exist. Megan doesn't cool. really exist. So here I'm just about to email Megan on Facebook. That's There's weird. a movie about a Megan on Facebook. The time frame ceases up at one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> so I, 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 I tried it over again. I stopped the thing. It would always seize up at one, two, three, four, five. I got a videotape oh. of it seizing up at one, two, three, four, five. There's a, I had a psychic friend. Her name is Anya Briggs. She's a powerful psychic. I sent her this thing. I kind of told her exactly the stories I just told you. She replied to me at one twenty-three in the morning. Jeez. So this, these kinds of things. Now 
I've met Megan. She's a real person. Uh. <laughs> so, but but there's this this like this Gordian knot of of like implausibility that surrounds some of these events and every little mm -hmm. thread in this knot. If you pull on it, it seems to lead to some other equally weird facet yes. of, of this larger mystery. Mm, that's true. Yeah. Are you sure Megan exists? I'm positive. <laughs> better, better. She exists. Mike, uh, uh, this leads to a story that I've been waiting to hear you talk about <laughs> is when you were out camping with, I think it was Natasha, and she woke up screaming, and you suddenly woke up screaming, uh, and something happened. So, so the lead up to this story is Natasha and I were driving around the West, and she was from Germany, and she's had UFO contact experiences. I've had UFO contact experiences. She's cautious to to say how intense they are, but she has certainly had experiences that imply the contact experience. So I'll take a half mm. a step back and say mm. she has the kind of stories that people who have UFO contact experience have. Um, now, we were driving around the West in the desert, and and. We were had been to Mesa Verde, which is um, in Colorado, mm -hmm. and we were coming right. to this town. And my, as we were entering town, the brakes were acting funny on my car, so I went into the shop, and and sh and uh, they said, "Okay, we'll look at the thing." And we so we kind of hung up, hung out outside, and it was a pretty day. And and the guy comes out a little bit. And he's got the rag, and he's got the oily rag, and he's just coming out of the back of the garage. And he says, "Well, I can't let you leave town, or you'll die." Oh my God. <laughs> and we're like, well, okay, well, what do you mean? And he's like, well, your brakes, they're bad. They're on the verge of failing. I cannot in good, you know, I, I'm the, I'm not allowed to let you leave the, the, the with the car because it's a, it's a safety issue. Uh -huh. I'm like, okay, what does this mean? He says, well, we can do the repair here, except it's going to be five days before we can get you the part. Oh my God. So we, they helped us out getting a cheap rental car and we were like down there. And we, so we had, anyway, I all worked out fine. But that night, that was the night like basically you can't leave town or you'll die. We like camped in the woods right outside this town and, and, uh, set the tent up. It was just at the edge of the forest out West. It's very common. There's always just, you can ask anyone in any little small town out West, like, Hey, is it, where's a good place to camp? Like, Oh, uh -huh. you just go to the edge of town, turn left here. There's this like little stretch in the woods. Just you camp anywhere. No one's going to bother you there. So we went there and, um, and I will say that Natasha was very agitated and, and upset that night. And she doesn't know why. So, but that night uh, we went to bed and it, and then both of us woke up screaming, like hmm. both of us at the same time woke up screaming. And Natasha, uh, I think she screamed first and then I was screaming. And there was this kind of primal fear that I have never experienced before or since it, I've actually called it synthetic fear because it didn't feel normal. Uh -huh. felt synthetic. I don't know how else to say it. And the way I say it is if like a grizzly bear had ripped through the tent, but its jaws were on my throat, I would not have been as scared as I was in that <laughs> Wow. Moment. So I'm like, I'm like, what's, what's going on? What, what happened? And all she would say is I saw a face, I saw a face and she wouldn't say anything more. And so we're like at the peak of like adrenaline freak <laughs> out. And then just, a, just, it seemed like five minutes later, click, we both fall asleep. Hmm. Totally asleep. Now, this is the way I remember it. I don't think this is how it happened, but this is exactly, I'm going to tell it the, exactly as I remember it. So all of a sudden we go to sleep and it feels like just after falling asleep, all of a sudden I'm floating, like I'm in the tent and I have this elevator up feeling and I'm going like, just like, mm. like the elevator up. And as I'm floating in the corner of the tent, I call it a pizza pan. It was about the size of a pizza pan. It was kind of like, semi-translucent and it was just a circle with a dot in the middle of it Jeez. and it was by natasha's feet now was it flying as, hovering no it was like 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 it was like a so i was looking flat at the pan so it was like it looked like it, almost like if you hung the pizza pan like a, like a picture on the inside of the uh -huh. tent okay so i was looking at the true circle as opposed and had, to the, and you had pizza that night too we right? had pizza that night yes yes <laughs> bad indigestion so, yeah, so, well so i'm and then and it just to tell the story correctly, oh my God, the threads go everywhere. But, but so I floated up and then I just kind of, I didn't, I should have bumped into the top of the tent. I didn't. All of a sudden I was like in this white realm. And as I was floating, I was like saying, I have to remember this. I have to remember this. I have to remember this. And then all of a sudden that mantra, that chant turned into, am I on a table? Am I on a table? Am I on a oh, table? Geez. I have no memory of being on a table. I have no memory of being on a table, but that's what I, I remember saying those words. I remember just being in this white realm. Now I've talked to, I've told this story to people who do 
uh, near-death experience research. And they kind of go, ooh, the white realm. Mm. Mm. The white realm. <laughs> like, okay. So, so, and then there comes a point, all of a sudden I hear Natasha's voice. She's from Germany. She's got this German accent. And she says, Mike, you're floating. And I go, Whoosh. oh my God. And I'm back mm. in the tent. Mm. Now, I don't remember like being awake in the tent, but I remember literally like this, like basically like being sucked back into the tent. So she was awake and saw you floating? She doesn't have any memory of that. I have a memory of hearing her voice going, Mike, you're floating. And then so now I don't think that's what happened. Like the story I told, I don't scream memory. The scream, I the scream stuff, but everything I meant the the whole thing is a screen memory then. Some sort of some sort of implanted memory, possibly. Hmm. But now the next morning. I say, Natasha, what just happened? Like, what's the next morning? Sunny and the birds are chirping. It's this nice morning. And I'm like, we're still in the tent. I'm like, what happened last night? And she's like, I don't know what happened. And like you said, you saw a face. What did? Can you describe it? And she says, like, I don't. I, I. And I kind of pictured this thing right up close to her face. And I said, well, where was it in the tent? And she points right to the spot where the pizza pan was. Oh, jeez. The pizza pan was something that I saw in my dream, huh. like this dream thing of floating, or I'll call it a dream. I, who knows what it was, but. You know, so I'm confronted with a mystery. Now there's more to this story. So the next, so I get up in that morning, um, I had a big long scratch that started at my left shoulder and went to my belly button. Jeez. And it was, it looked like a single cat claw or a single rose. Uh-huh. It's this thin little scratch, you know, just a little red little line. But if you looked at it really closely, it wasn't like a scratch. Like, like my skin wasn't broken. It looked like a tiny row of these itty bitty, like, Almost, you had, I had to put glasses on to really see them. Little teeny blisters, little teeny mm. fluid blisters, one after another, dot, 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 from my left shoulder to my belly button. Jeez. And mm. then about four days later, they just kind of, I took a shower. They just all washed off. There's never any pain. And as soon as it washed huh. off, both Asha and I went, <gasps> we never took a picture. Why didn't we take a picture? Oh, my wow. God. Did both, she have anything like that? She went through a bunch of emotional stuff. Yeah, but she any physical... Time slip kind of thing. Mm. She felt like she was like she felt she was out of place in time, mm. and so that's what she remembers. What and, motivated you to scream? I mean, she saw the face. Was there any? Was it just because she was screaming, or was there something else, or just a feeling, or? You know what it felt like? It felt like if some scientist had invented like a like a a ray gun that could produce irrational fear. <clears throat> right? mm. Yeah. I, I, it's, it felt like that scientist with the ray gun was standing outside the tent and had the ray gun pointed at us, pulling the trigger and turned the knob up to like all the way to 10. That's Jeez. what it felt like. Wow. So that way, that's what you mean by the synthetic fear. It felt yeah. like it felt like is nothing I've ever felt before. I mean, I've yeah. been in scary mm. situations in the backcountry yeah. and mountains and lightning storms and stuff like that. Nothing like this. Oh, here's mm. a here's a synchronicity a story somewhat parallel. I haven't even told Trish this one before. Uh-uh. Uh, this just happened last week. I was playing disc golf with a friend. Of course, the you know frisbee golf that they looked like you know circular disc. So we we're on the the last 18th hole, and the guy I was playing with throws it past the basket, and there happens to be a woman meditating, sitting cross-legged with her eyes closed, meditating. Uh, uh, At the 18th hole? No, beyond the 18th hole, by oh. about 50, 75 feet. And his disc flew past the basket. <laughs> Her eyes blink open, and she sees this disc and just screams like crazy. She jumps up and runs off. And we heard her for at least five minutes running across this park, screaming as loud as possible. And we looked at each other. I mean, you didn't, I said, you didn't hit her, and you weren't even close to her. You know, you're... The, the disc was like 20 feet away from her, you know? And what was that about? And uh, Maybe she's an abductee. It may, yeah, <laughs> you know, flying saucers. Flying yeah. saucers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that's what, you know, your story <laughs> reminded me of. Uh, that is weird. Hmm. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah, so there's more to that story. That story that of the tent and that eventually lines up on a map with three other stories. It just, that if... Like I tell that story in a, in conferences, and it takes me um, with the all round, the other with everything, and it takes over a half hour to tell it. Yeah, the, the round building is part of it, right? The, the round building in Southern Utah is part of it, and then there's um, another. And in the middle was with Natasha again, and I was sleeping out. We were driving, and we were sleeping out on the side of the road. She was from Germany, so she's jet lagged. We're in this beautiful part of Utah on this place called the Birch Trail Road. It's amazing, and so 
she like wakes me up and says, Mike, I can't sleep. What do I do? And I said, take a walk. It's a beautiful night. She said, really? It's like, oh yeah, it's a beautiful night. Take a walk. And it's totally safe there. It's like, you know, you're it's like Utah is as safe as it gets as far as any state in the union. And so she walks in this, you know, dirt road or asphalt road, excuse me, that we were camping. So she walks to the, and she's walking along this road and it's, she's like, it's so magical. This just trillions and trillions and trillions of stars. And, you know, you were just, we were just talking a little bit about how we we're distanced ourselves from nature, but she was like, she said it was so magical. She said it felt like she was sparkling. She felt like she was hmm. so connected. Like I'm sparkling. That's how she said it. And I, and I, I know what she meant. And so she's walking along and then she sees this light off in the sagebrush on the other side. And this is like absolutely the most beautiful part of Utah, the sandstone pillars. And like, it's like being on the set of uh, the Roadrunner cartoon, you know? And um, so there's this light out and she's like, is someone out there with a flashlight? And she, she, and it doesn't take her long before she realizes it's like this glowing orb and it's hmm. shrinking and shrinking. It's like, it's the size of a beach ball and then shrinks down and it's white basically. And, and then all of a sudden it goes poof. And explodes. It just gets just like, wow. boom, it explodes. There's no noise. And then she, and then she's scared. She comes back and wakes me up. And we leave that night. And she said, We gotta leave. And I'm like, she tells me a story. I'm like, okay, let's go. And uh, <laughs> but while she was out looking at this UFO, an unidentified flying object, a glowing orb, she was seeing a UFO. I was maybe an eighth of a mile away. I wasn't quite sleeping, but I was there was a bush near my head, and there was an owl in that bush. Oh wow. Singing as loud as it could. A, great horned owl making the classic hooting mm. noise and it was so close to my head i was sitting there i could not figure out why i couldn't see it it was mm. so close i and it was like it was like not quite daylight but there was a wow. lot of ambient light just from the stars now so there's three points on a map and this and one of them is the round house but so three dots on a map they line up in a perfectly razor straight line when you put them on a map hmm. the one point where uh the night in the tent the one point with the uh, big round building on the hill, and then the one in the middle was Natasha seeing the mm -hmm. the orb and me hearing the owl. Now, do you think this line was some type of ley line? I think it was somehow orchestrated, so I would uh -huh. find it. It was like it was like the, the myth, like the 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 grand chessboard of my life had been set right. up, like. You, we're going to give you a mystery that only you can solve. Because I'm like, a, I do outdoor work. I'm very good with maps. When I do these outdoor trips, I make my own maps. So I just made a map and said, I got to, and I had a psychic vision of this map. You're hearing this story completely backwards out of order. So <laughs> I might sound like I'm, you know, you would have every reason to back away from me. Like if, <laughs> you know, if I started talking like this. And but, that building, the building wasn't there when you went back to, to, to that. The building same wasn't there. Wow. building wasn't there. And, and, and um, now... I, uh, so there's three points in the map. Two of them involve Natasha. Hmm. The third one, I was alone. That was where I saw the building, the big structure. Mm -hmm. That was March 10th. March 10th is Natasha's birthday. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm. So this is, and in the blog post I wrote about it, I posted at 1, 1234, 1234. So it just goes on and on. Now, um, uh, and I had coyotes, which is another kind of mythic animal like near my head when I was looking at this round structure on the hill, sleeping out under the stars alone in Southern Utah on March 10th, 2013. So that's, I, that's the trickster, the classic trickster. Yes. And I, mm. and it was so close. I couldn't see it. And it, and I, and it is, it feels so similar. The owl was so close, but I couldn't see it. The coyote was yelling, yelping so close, but I couldn't see it. Mm. Now here, I'm just going to, I, I eventually, I, I'm not sure how much time you have, but a man, I, I went to have a hypnosis session with, um, yeah, I'd like to hear about that. Maybe that'll be our last story. As yeah. Wrapping so up how much hour. time do you have back? Is that the long story or the short story? Um, uh, we'll go ahead and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, I'll tell the short story because the long okay. story, the kind of the can of worms that gets opened with the long story is <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so what basically happens is we look at the events where I was sleeping out alone under the stars in Southern Utah, where I saw the round building. Mm -hmm. And I, we, I wanted to look at that. There's no fear associated with that. It was a beautiful night. And I was looking at this round building up there and I said, that looks just like a flying saucer. Mm. That looks just like a flying saucer, but that's impossible. That's it's, I would feel it. I remember thinking to myself, like I got intuitive stuff. I would feel it. So under hypnosis, I'll tell this very quickly. 
I have this visionary experience where I leave my body. Like I'm like, I, I, I'm with Yvonne Smith lying on her couch. She's leading me through this thing. And I say, I'm not in my body. I'm, I'm, I'm still in the sleeping bag, but I'm looking mm. down at the red, at the big round structure. Now I'm looking down at the big round structure. Mm. So I go wow. into the structure. I go into this thing and I don't remember all of a sudden I'm walking in this hallway. I'm in this curved hallway. Now I am very suspect of hypnosis. So I'm, I'm like, I do not fully trust what I'm about to tell you as, as mm -hmm. having been real, but it's an interesting story. So I'm walking down this hallway. And the first thing I realize is I'm not tall. Like I'm, in real life, I'm six foot tall. Like, I'm not tall. And mm. I look to the right of me, and I look to the left of me, and there's these two little gray aliens, and I'm exactly the same height as them. Oh. And I look down at my body, and I look at my hands, and I've got these long, skinny fingers. And oh, I've got boy. Little, little skinny legs and this tight little uniform on. And I'm like, and I'm talking to, like, you can hear it in my voice. I'm talking to, to Yvonne Smith. I'm like, I'm I'm a gray alien. I'm one of them. Oh, God. <laughs> and just like, just is very calmly like, just tell me everything that happens. What happens next? And, <laughs> and I said, I'm like, and all of a sudden I'm in this conference room. Now this is like a tacky conference room, like you would have at some cheap hotel in Muncie, Indiana. It's like ugly <laughs> carpeting and fluorescent lights. And I'm in this conference room, and there's card tables or like folding tables, and I'm standing at this podium, like I'm on trial, you know. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like I'm this skinny gray alien. I look at this table, and this table is. <laughs> kind of grayed out, but it's like these little bald things that are on the other side of the table, like 10 or 12 of them, like a, like a grand jury hearing. I'm like, what am I doing here? And they say, uh -oh. you volunteered for this. Like, what, are, <laughs> uh -oh. what are you talking about? I volunteered for this. I, what am I, why am I here? And then they're like, now is the time. Like, what does that mean? Now is the time you volunteered for this. What I what? And so we get in this little thing where it's like, now is the time you volunteered for this. And then all of a sudden I, I like, and this is actually really hard to listen to. I get very emotional and I say, you never told me coming here to this planet would be this difficult. And I yell at him and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm so angry and I'm crying in the, in real life. Mm. And as I say this, and you never told me it would be this difficult. You never told me about pain. You never told me that coming here would involve loneliness. You never told me like the, how, like there's, you never told, I didn't know there would be sadness when I came here and wow. they're just you volunteered for this, and now is the time. And then, boop, I'm back in the sleeping bag. Jeez. Wow. And then, and so earlier What did, what did the hyp hypnotic person say? What did this therapist say? Says this did happens. she backed away from you? <laughs> no, the hypnotherapist, Javon Smith, she said this is, this is not unusual. This is a very common scenario that hmm. people will... will so the implication is that I exist. This is I, I'm I'm taking I'm giving all kinds of caveats where I'm going to not impl implicate myself <laughs> as this being the truth. It's a wonderful story. I don't know if it's the truth. Uh -oh. The implication is I lived some previous life in another reality mm -hmm. on another planet, however you want to frame it. I volunteered to come to Earth to live this life and 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 have this human experience to play some role. And I was very uh -huh. clear about that. I'm here to yeah. play some role. And I was sobbing and I'm repeating that over and over again. It's I'm laughing about it now, but it's it's tough that's to listen. Pretty, well, that's pretty maybe, heavy. I mean maybe she's right <clears throat> that it's uh, quite a common experience uh, at a deeper level that we don't really know about until something happens that uh, awakens that deeper reality within hmm. us. Mike, so, we that's a great, I love thing. that story. I gotta end with this. I gotta end it with this. Yeah. This so that that happened in uh, March 10th, 2013. Mm -hmm. The book was published in 2015. I am not exaggerating. I started that book less than 48 hours. I started writing the owl book less than 48 hours after the experience wow. of sleeping out under the stars in Southern Utah. Mm. So wow. I, I did not have the hypnotic regression until last year, uh, 2018, huh. a little year and a half ago. And so to be able to say like, you are here to play some role. Mm -hmm. And then I started writing that book. Oh, boy. So that okay, was there, a real now, I'll let you off the hook there. I, 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 <laughs> I had a heads up. I, I did have a cup of coffee just before you. Called here, so sound <laughs> oh, like I'm a little sick. amped yeah. up. I did drink. Yeah. Oh, Mike, uh, we'll, have to get you, we'll have to get you back again. I mean, you've got a lot of stories. And I like to, you know, uh, your book has been out about three years. I, I just like to pick it up uh, once in a while. On, I have it on Kindle and open it up and, 
you know, turn to different parts and there's another story, you know, I haven't heard, so I haven't read. Uh, so it, it's interesting that, that way because you can go to different chapters and come with come up with uh, your stories and other people's stories as well. Thank so. you. And in fact, I, I tell that to people. I say, you know, they kind of look at it and say, well, this is kind of a big, fat book. And I say, just open it anywhere. Pick it up. <laughs> yeah, open it yeah. anywhere. Exactly. I say, is it in the bathroom, is what I say. Yeah, exactly. So now how, tell, tell people how uh, we, they can get in touch with you. Yeah. So you can Google UFOs, owls, and I'm the first thing that comes up. That's one okay. way to get in touch with me. You can go to MikeClelland.com, all one word, MikeClelland.com. And then you can go to my website, which is Hidden Experience, all one word, Hidden Experience at blogspot.com. Okay, great. And the books, are, the books are easy to find on Amazon. All right. Wow, this has been great. Thank you very much, I don't feel Mike. so weird now, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice It's nice talking to you again. I, I think we were on your uh, podcast once a, a couple years ago, and yeah, so it's nice, nice to have you on, you on our, new, our new one here, which we just started at the very beginning of this year. Thank you so much. And take care. Have a good Sunday, and if I see an owl, I'm calling you. <laughs> I, I, stranger things have happened, so don't, don't, don't be surprised. I'll expect that call. Let's put it that way. Okay. Have a good one. Take Thank care. You now. Bye. Bye. This is great. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to The Mystical Underground. Listen to the podcast at www.themysticalunderground.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Visit the blog, blog.synchrosecrets.com. Visit the book site, phenomena111.com. Send us email, podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical.